Well, hello and good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. I don't say that too fast. <laughs> My name is Melvin Gaines. Uh, today is Sunday, December the 5th, 2021. Thanks for being here this morning. We're going to allow people to jump on with us and get started uh, as we get warmed up with praise music uh, coming from William McDowell, part one of I Give Myself Away. Thanks for being here this morning. Anthony Malone, good morning. I give myself away. Thanks for being here. Hey, Arlen. Good morning. Don't know if it's Arlen or Arlen and Angie. Good morning. Ronnie, good morning. Good morning. Cold Sunday, but busy. Keep moving so the blood circulates. Okay, good. Both. Glad I got that right. Thank you. I see that. Roscoe, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Cindy Phillips, good morning. Time to give praise and worship, amen. Amen. Oh, hey, welcome back, Ronnie. Glad you made it back. Charles and Joanna, good morning. Ann and Larry, good morning. We're all coming on now. Jackie, good morning. Hi. Tasha Lynn, good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. I love that Tasha Lynn says good morning to her, her uncle, too. 
Marnell, good morning. Pacific time zone. Laura, good morning. Your husband's uncle. Okay. Thank you. Amen. It's all still family. Amen. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for being here. Thanks for everyone being here. Yeah, Jackie's off work. All right now. <laughs> I know double cup of coffee. I wish I could do that. I can't do double today. I'll get some later. Clorinda, good morning. Thanks for being here. <laughs> All right, one more time. Tasha Lynn's birthday? Oh. All right now. Happy birthday. You're still you're still in the prime of life. I won't I won't broadcast how much, <laughs> but thank you for sharing. Um, you're you're still in the prime of life. Amen. Um, that was I give myself away, uh, part one by William McDowell. Uh, beautiful beautiful song. It's a great song and a great way to start our Sunday school lesson. Thanks again, Arlen, and uh, the praise team for the selection. Uh, we appreciate you very much doing that have a couple of announcements to make just to make sure that we are on track for our worship today since we this is all part of the worship service the the Sunday school leads into church and uh, we, we want to always have that experience available online that's something that we decided to do as a church uh, for the foreseeable future just because the nature of all the stuff that has been going on over the last year and a half but we want to make sure church is available to everyone and anyone who can uh, see it whether you're a member of our church or not and we frankly welcome you and uh, appreciate the fact that you're even taking the time to spend with us on Sunday mornings that's what we really care about more than anything else and that you're also devoting the time to giving praise and worship to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ um, there is a message that will be following Sunday school online today uh, in the timeline of the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page and that is Season's greetings with emphasis on Jesus. Uh, we're getting into the Christmas season, and although <clears throat> we, we have a, a few more days until Christmas, we still have uh, opportunities for us to either gather or uh, greet other people, and we want to talk about that a little bit and have a, a conversation during the message about what's really important and how we as believers should be approaching this season. So that will be the... Uh, sermon online after <clears throat> Sunday school is completed that will also be in church um, it'll be the same message in church with the live flavor and also want to remind people uh, to 
uh, remember their tithes and offerings as well, too. If you are interested in uh, sending money to the church, uh, if you are not able to attend church, but you want to send money to help us to uh, allocate and for uh, take care of any costs that are involved with uh, church service, uh, you would go. You would send them money to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, that's the address for mailing the payment, mailing the check rather. And it's not a payment. It's a check for your tithes and offerings. I know, right? I know. You know what happens? See, sometimes I, I, I sound like my, my regular profession is I'm actually uh, collections supervisor. So I actually <laughs> actually went into work mode there by accident. So I, I <laughs> appreciate your understanding. It is a tithes and offerings for the church, amen, which is very important, uh, part of our, our worship, aspect of worship. And we will be having church today, as I had mentioned. It's cold outside. Uh, bundle up going out. It's supposed to warm up later on to be near 50 degrees, which is really weird. Um, but uh, in the meantime, we are still recommending that you wear a mask at church. There will be temperature checks taken when you enter, and we appreciate your keeping in mind the practice of social distancing. Thank you for joining us. Nonetheless, either way, either live or online, in church or online, we are here for you right now we're here to give praise and worship to the lord and we're going to get into the word here we're still in uh, hebrews chapter 11 and we are continuing uh, along with i call it the faith chapter i guess that's the best way to to look at uh this particular passage um good morning uh, marquetta uh thanks for joining us as well too pearl and walter good morning i just happened to see that okay so we're going to get into Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 21, and that's the passage for today, and cover that section. And obviously, one of the most important things that we're going to be focusing on, really for the balance of uh, this year or for the foreseeable future, is the importance of your relationship with Jesus Christ and what faith means in that relationship. Faith is going to be something that is going to be very, very important for every believer, in all honesty. Uh, probably for the rest of your life. I'll, I'll just put it just like that because I think it's very, very true that your faith, no matter how strong or how you perceive it to be, it's something to build upon, it's something to grow upon, it's something to develop, it's something to test the Lord to see if, in fact, his word is true. I mean, that's really what faith is, isn't it? It's, it's something that it, the, the Lord gives you this statement uh, about who he is and, and what he, who he represents and what he is and and how much he loves you, and you just need to test him out on that and just have faith and trust him. <clears throat> but we're going to look at the communication by the writer of Hebrews to the Jewish Christians that were uh, new to the faith and talk about those giants of the faith that were focused on in Hebrews chapter 11. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer, and let's get going. Amen. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to, Lord, sit and listen to you speak. We thank you, Lord, for quieting our souls, quieting our, our minds, our hearts, helping us to focus completely on what you have to tell us and what you have to say to us today. We thank you for your loving presence. We truly know that you are present from where more than two are gathered. You are present, and we thank you for that, too. We thank you for those individuals who have determined it's important to sit and listen to you speak. 
at this moment. Lord, we know that many churches don't do Sunday school, and that's really a sad thing to comprehend. But we thank you that we're able to do it right now. And we thank you that we're able to sit before you and just listen to you speak now. Lord, we give you all the thanks, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 13 through 21. Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 21. Amen. And this section is the faith chapter. I'm just going to call it that. By faith is the reference that's usually used here in this particular passage. And it is all about the superiority of faith. Faith is what is really necessary for us as believers. We, we, we have to understand something. We are, I would call us, there's a lot, millions of people who call themselves Christians. But only so many of them truly are following Jesus. Even though they may call themselves Christians, for whatever reason, they're in, going in different directions. They're all over the place. They're not really focused on the Lord. They're still focused on what the world is doing. They're still focused on what's happening. They're focused on politics one way or the other that, frankly, is, not, is another type of worship. It's not, it's not a worship of our Lord and Savior. It's a, it's a completely different worship, and we need to understand that. So uh, man is not our Savior. Mankind uh, does not have the capacity to provide salvation for us. Only Jesus does. And our focus has to stay with Jesus Christ in all aspects of our lives. And I, and I emphasize that uh, wholeheartedly that um, if you're struggling with faith, this is where your faith now goes through an exercise, a workout. Just like when you go to the, the facility, the, the rec center, whatever it is that you're going to, exercise place, whatever it is, whether it's at home or in another place, you got to work out. There are certain things that you have to do to try to stay in some some form of shape. It may not be the best shape in the world, um, but it may be something that you just have to do just to get the blood circulating and get the blood pumping. And, ulti- and ultimately, we have to do the same thing with our faith. We have to exercise it. We have to give it a test and test it out to see all the things that are true. That's the most important thing, just like the Bereans did. Let's go ahead and read Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 21. And we'll go back over it as we go. This is the New Living Translation, very readable translation. Love the New Living Translation for understandability. But please follow along in your own Bible. Amen. Verse 13. And again, it's picking up as a continuation from before, so just kind of bear with it. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed they were foreigners, that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Verse 14, obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. Hmm. Verse 16, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Amen. Verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. 
Now look at this very carefully. Verse 19. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Verse 20. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. And then verse 21. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Okay, that's Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 21. Let's go back and look at these again. Very interesting text in here, too. Uh, obviously, Abraham is going to be the primary focus. We'll be looking at Isaac as well, too. But um, since he is the one who, who came directly from Abraham, and look at the promise that was made as well to him. So let's go back to the top, verses, verse 13. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. That was also verse 14 as well, too. So let's look at this. Who are these people we're referring to? The ones that were referred to uh, earlier in the passage, Abraham. Um, there was also Sarah, who was also mentioned as well, too. And, 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 and those individuals were uh, some of the ones that were mentioned before we got to this particular section of the passage. Um, the point that's to be made here about this first section about being foreigners and nomads on the earth, it's an awareness sometimes that's forced on us by looking at where they were. Abraham was indeed a foreigner. He, he moved about as a foreigner. He was not, he was, uh, God had commanded him to leave his own country where he was at and go to a place that he had no knowledge of where he would be winding up and where he would be going. And I think sometimes we as believers sometimes feel as though we are in a foreign land, and we should actually feel that way. Why? Because if you get really comfortable with the world, you feel like you're right at home, that's probably not a very good thing. Um, if you really consider the fact that being in the world today is something that uh, you, you're involved with all the world's uh, issues, media, all the things that are taking place where a lot of the focus is not for God, it's against God. If you're comfortable in that environment, then something's not right. You should feel more like a foreigner. You should feel like this is a place where God has put us, uh, but it's a temporary place. It's a place for us to be for uh, the appointed time that he has for each one of us. And when we leave here, we have a place that's promised. And we'll look at this a little bit later on in the passage, uh, going to verse 16. But we need to understand that this world is not our home. Amen? It is a temporary uh, residence. Everything that we have, everything that we're involved in is uh, temporary, of course. Uh, it's not going to last. We were just remarking, I, I was remarking the other day about how I remember when the the Coliseum, the Cleveland Coliseum was built, 1970, 1970. It is now a field. <laughs> uh, that was 50 years ago. And so just the thought of that, I know my, my wife just shuddered when I, <laughs> that's a 50 years ago when that thing was first built. And as you, as you learn more about buildings and structures over time, they, they have a life cycle, uh, some of them about, uh, 20 years or so where you have to remodel them and 
And some of them have only lasted 40 years, and the Colosseum was one of those buildings that was only around for 40 years. And and here it is. It's temporary, and now it's part of the Cleveland, it's part of the uh, national park system. Uh, it's a it's a big field. If you were to drive by there today, you'd just say it's just this big field. And you could imagine what it looked like when you were driving by when it was still built. But times have changed. Things change over time. We indeed are here temporarily. And you would think something like the Coliseum would still be around, and it's not. It's not around anymore. And there are many other examples of that that you can look back to. But we are not, this is world is not our home. We can't live here forever. Um, not here as it's presented today. This world is decaying. There's decay taking place everywhere. It's best for us not to get attached to the world's desires. It's best for us not to get attached to the world's possessions because everything that you own, you're going to eventually leave. It's not going to be here for you. It's, not, it's going to be here for you, only for those who follow you, um, whatever it is that's left over. And we, we have to be prepared so that we can move as God makes us or commands us to move. That's the important thing for us to remember here, too. It's a temporary world. That's what's being emphasized here by the writer of Hebrews to the people listening. And they are saying that because that's what was said about Abraham, about Sarah, about all of those uh, that were referred to in the passage. And what are we looking forward to? These people had died... Go back to verse 13 again. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. So what were they doing? They were operating on faith. Even though they didn't have what was promised, they knew it was coming. They knew it was in the future. And they lived in such a manner where the expectation was, they would receive something, whether it would be here or whether it would be in the afterlife, okay? That's, that's the thing we have to represent, rep, recommend and, and that everyone understands here. The better place, the vision of heaven, is what's being talked about here. We have a place that's being prepared for us. That's what's beautiful about this passage here. Uh, if you drop down to verse 16, but they were looking for a better place to a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. What city are we referring to? The New Jerusalem, the place that we, the place that we indeed recognize as being the place that we are going for as far as our own destination. And I think the, the call here for all of us to understand here is that if we, if we truly are being faithful, we recognize first and foremost that God is going to keep his promise that we will have a place to go when we leave here. Amen? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We can get, let's go back to talking about the world again. We can get frustrated because we are, our needs, our expectations are not being met for whatever reason. Something's happening um, perhaps you can feel defeated because you're not getting what you think you should be getting at a certain time. And perhaps it has to do with the fact that maybe you're a new believer. I don't know. You're a new believer and you uh, have an expectation that something's supposed to happen next and then next and next. We are in this for the long haul, everybody. This is not anything where God is promising us that something's going to happen immediately. He has promised us it will happen. That's the thing we have to separate, isn't it? Our timing, the timing issues. 
We have to remember Abraham was an old man when he had his son Isaac. And his wife, Sarah, was barren. She couldn't have children. Only God could be the one that would pull something like this off. But all of those actions required what? Faith. Faith. And I think that some of us get caught up too much in timing. We, don't, we always worry about something happening at a certain time or an appropriate time. Well, it's an appropriate time when God deems it appropriate because it's all about his timing. He is the one who is working everything together for good. When we talk about Romans 8.28, things all coming together for good, what do you think that means? It means it's based upon God's timing. It's based upon God's calling as far as what needs to be done a certain way. It's his will that things happen in a certain order, in a certain place. And sometimes, honestly, it's because we need to be seasoned more and more in our own faith that until such time as we are seasoned, we won't appreciate what we have when God gives it to us. God knows that there's a grooming process that takes place for all of us. And so we need to always recognize that God's timing is perfect. We don't like to say that sometimes because we don't want to acknowledge it, but the truth is it is perfect. That's a statement that will always reign as being true. God knew exactly when Jesus Christ had to come into the picture uh, as uh, the uh, Savior born in a manger on earth. There was a timing for all of this. All of this has taken place. And you are part of that timing because you're here to appreciate it, recognize it. You are blessed beyond measure to be here. Amen. Have you ever looked at life like that? God chose you. God chose you to be here. He chose you to be here to enjoy all of these things that he has provided for you and recognize that you're here because it's in his will for you to be here. And, you know, I've often wondered what would, what would it be, what would, where would I be if I wasn't chosen to be here for God? What, what, you, can you imagine that? You're, you, you have to understand that that's something that's profound. It's beyond our way of reasoning and understanding. But yet you were chosen to be here. And we need to understand that we don't need to be getting impatient or quit or wonder, well, God, because you're not doing it at a certain time, uh, that I'm just done with this whole thing. Well, now that's just worldly thinking. You're just thinking like the world. Remember, what does the world do? The world says... Just look at the advertising in the world today. I want it now. I need it now. You get what you deserve. You know, all this, this talk that you hear, get what I deserve. Yeah, yeah, I want what I want. Exactly. That's my, my lovely bride added that because that's not how life really is. It's not about what you, you get what you want. Uh, ultimately, what it comes down to is that we have to look at our life what we're achieving in Christ and remembering that those heroes of faith that we are referring to here lived and died without even seeing what was coming. And I, and I want to point this out. They lived and died without seeing, but they still continued to believe because they had a special relationship with God. Take a look real quick. I'm going to jump ahead in Hebrews here. Go to Hebrews 11 verses 36 through 39. I want you to see something here that's really important. This is towards the end of this chapter. But there are, uh, we have to understand that there are people that need to be reminded sometimes of what these people went through as they professed their faith and served, served God at that time. And of course, that was the same fate for our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he, he died on the cross. 
But look what it says in verse 36 of Hebrews 11. Um, This is the Christian Standard Bible Version. Others experience mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. Yeah, being thrown in jail. Um, Scourgings. uh, Verse 37, they were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, in goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. Verse 38, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Look at this very carefully because you have to understand something. Sometimes when we see things like this, who's to say that that's not going to happen in the future for some people because of their faith and what they believe in? And I, it, it almost speaks very loudly when I read something like this that, that we don't have it tough at all right now we we've had a tough time but it can get a lot tougher and really quickly too verse 39 all these were approved through their faith though but they did not receive what was promised and we have to understand something let me just add in verse 40 here because it, it does finish the sentence since god had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us so we have to be part of this whole process of growth and development and as we live for jesus christ the sanctification of the holy spirit is what's making us perfect more and more perfect as we move forward and and understand what these people of faith were experiencing and when we talk about years we're talking about literal years here everybody you know i'm 62 and it's taken me a long time to get to this point where i'm at today but I guarantee you I'm much further ahead over the last 10 years of my life when it comes to my relationship with the Lord than I uh, was at that time. I'm much further ahead. I'm still growing. I'm still learning, still progressing. And as long as you're alive and breathing here on earth, you are still growing and progressing. So, um, Tasha Lynn, for you, you still got some time (laughs) to keep growing and learning. Um, uh, you just keep growing and developing. It's okay um, because we all still have things to learn, don't we? We still got stuff to learn. But we understand that these 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 we call them heroes of faith. They're just human beings, just like us. Everybody, they're they're basically human beings, and they believed, and yet they didn't see the results of that. They had they held on to a promise that was given to them by the Lord. That's why, go back to verse 16 in Hebrews 11, that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. What a wonderful thing to know that you have an assurance that God, and Jesus says this himself in scripture as well too, I've prepared a place for you. He's not, he's not saying it just for the, for the sake of talking. He's not saying it just for the sake of uh, hearing words come out of his mouth. He's saying it because it's truth. He's saying it. Because we do have something to look forward to. That is the wonderful thing about where we are and what we're doing. For those of us who have lives that would be deemed on the outside by others as miserable. Um, you've got cancer. You've got, uh, you've got uh, uh, PTSD. You've got ailments. You're, you can't walk. You can't see. You have something to look forward to. If you have a relationship in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's going to be much better for you as well, too. And I think that's what happens at the end of our lives. We've heard some people say, it's time to go. We want to go now. 
they know they're about to go and they're ready to leave because they know that what they're going to go to to see is much better than what's here amen and that's really what it comes down to we we have something to look forward to let's go back to hebrews 11 verse 17 and and thank you for allowing me to go through all of that because my mind was just swirling around here as i was thinking about what's being said here faith is necessary for you to be able to process any of this stuff faith is the bridge to reality that's what we have to recognize and understand without faith we don't have that sense of that reality that we're talking about remember the world here does not talk about heavenly things does not want to discuss heavenly things because um many people in the world today think that they live for a moment and then they die and they fail and they no longer exist you know that's what well that's what animals do i mean you know animals live for a time and then they no longer exist i mean that's what we have to recognize they don't have souls like we do we do exist and so we don't need to be equated to uh individuals that don't have souls we have souls and those souls reside within us but ultimately when we our bodies die our souls live on and we have to recognize that we do have something to look forward to and that's but that is an act of faith and believing all those things amen Back to verse 17. So I stop rambling. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Now, I want you to understand something. I believe with all my heart and soul that Abraham was indeed going to sacrifice his son Isaac. I think he was ready to go and ready to do it. Why? Because he believed that God would fulfill the promises that he had been making. Now, understand something. This goes back to Genesis chapter 22. This is a progression of time following the opportunities when when the three men appeared to to uh uh abraham and sarah and also the the time going with the, the different wars and um the, the whole idea of just making sure that as time had gone by, by gone by god was dealing with abraham and challenging abraham to have more and more faith as time was going on and i believe that god was giving him the strength and the ability to really get to the point now where it's time to test and see how much abraham really learned this was a test for abraham to see if he indeed had grown in his faith that is what this was all about no question about it abraham was definitely willing to give up his son when god had commanded him to do so that's in genesis 22 read that on your own do that as homework and look at it that's in verses 1 through 19 so you can see that but God did not let Abraham take Isaac's life because God gave the command in order to test Abraham's faith. Amen. This was a test of faith. Every now and then, you're going to be tested with your faith. You're going to be tested in different ways to see if you've truly progressed. And let's look at something that's really obvious, too. Remember what it says in, in the word about hiding the word in your heart so that you may not sin against the Lord sin against god okay paraphrasing but that's what essentially it says you're, you're you're progressing in your faith more and more because those sins that you used to commit 
should not be sins you should be committing now. Amen? That's progression. That's growth. And so we're talking about this whole sanctification process is taking place. And I believe that Abraham was also being sanctified in the way that he had a relationship with the Lord. Remember, Abraham believed in what? It was credited to him as righteousness. So namely, of course, when you hear the word righteous, being made righteous before God, well, that means you have a relationship with him. And that means that the Lord is working with Abraham here and helping him to grow more and more. And so remember what was promised to Abraham. Instead of taking Abraham's son, God gave Abraham a whole nation of descendants through Isaac because he trusted him. Even Remember it says in the passage, even though he was ready to sacrifice his son, he believed God would bring him back to life if that indeed happened. What a... What an amazing thing. I mean, that's something we have to, we can't go too quickly over that. We've got to look at that for what it really represents and what it really means here. Abraham believed God so much that if necessary, God would raise Isaac from the dead. There is just no other way to look at that. But God believed that Abraham would indeed pass the test. He, he knew what abraham was capable of he knew what abraham could handle and this was the right time for him to check it out and see for himself but abraham needed to see this as well too you have have to understand something it wasn't just an exercise of saying well god okay god says you pass the test and then move on no this was also something for abraham abraham had to see this as well too abraham had to take these steps and just believe i guarantee you in the time from when uh, Abraham and, and, and Isaac and, and the donkeys and all the, the women that were traveling with them were, had saddled up and were heading towards that mountain to go and perform this act. You better believe there was a lot of praying going on. You better believe there was a lot of conversation going on between Abraham and God himself. Um, I believe that with all my heart because as human beings, that's what we should be doing. Everything that we're doing and where everything we're involved in should involve prayer. Your next house, your car purchase, these are things that are much smaller, obviously, uh, but, but, they're, but they're still important, and they're important to us. But prayer needs to be a part of a lot of things that we're doing. Get into the practice of making sure that you're doing all of those things that you should be doing, where you're seeking out the Lord as you do them. You don't just do stuff for the sake of doing it. You don't just do stuff for the sake of doing it. You do it because it has meaning. It has purpose. And if it has purpose and it has meaning, keep God in the midst. Involve him in those things. Abraham was willing to give up everything for God. And because he was willing to do that, he received more back from God than he ever could have imagined. If you can't trust God or if you're afraid to trust God with a possession, a dream. Do we have dreams? The person that you treasure most? Do we have dreams? We have aspirations? Trust God with these things. That's a challenge for us. This is how we get our faith tested as well, too. Challenge for us is to really stretch our faith and go beyond sometimes what we think from a human perspective. You know, we have to understand something. The world perspective, the world will try to tell you you can't do anything. Um, in some circles, there's a lot of, there's always a lot of conflict. There's always controversy, but you have to understand that when it comes to God, you can do anything if it's in his will. If it's in his will, you can do anything. 
And I think a lot of people don't think that way sometimes. And if it's in his will, there's no reason for God to deny you. You have to understand something. If it's in his will, he's not going to contradict himself. So if we think on those terms and pray on those terms and recognize that we just have to believe that God is going to do those things, that if you are trusting in him, if you're praying in all in all honesty, praying that his will be done as you go through these things, then you'll recognize that you're in the right place. Um, and things may not turn out the way you think, but guess what? They may turn out even better than what you had planned. And that's exactly what is being said here about what Abraham was going through. It turned out even more than he imagined. And, and that's what we have to recognize here because he had what? He had faith. He stepped out on faith. His faith had grown and progressed to the point where he believed God. And because he believed God, remember what it says about Abraham? God credited to him as righteousness. Remember, this is before Jesus Christ. But the promise of Jesus Christ is in all of that. And that's what we have to recognize as we look at this passage, look at this study. And a point that's being made here by the commentary as well, too. Material things should be among the least satisfying of rewards. Um, we, we don't um, get caught up in material things as well, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me show you this uh, uh, thing here. I, I, it's a, is it a, Yeah, there we go. Uh, it's something here where, if, I don't know if you can see it very well. but Is it backwards? Yeah. But uh, notice how it says, uh, it says about how I love it, God, you know, it says just trust in Jesus, right? What does it say? Just trust trust me. But I love it. And what's behind Jesus? It's a teddy bear that the girl wants and covets, covets. Well, she has a small bear. He's got an even bigger bear. He's got an even, oh, I I couldn't see that in the picture. She's got a small bear in his hand, but Jesus has a bigger bear. I love that. Yeah, just trust in, in Jesus. And it's much bigger, much greater. That's the example that I was just referring to. It's much greater than anything that we can imagine. We, we have to understand that. Um, I, I can't emphasize that enough. I think it's important for us to think. Sometimes our faith is very small. And perhaps it's very small. Let's think about this for a moment. Because our expectations about what God can do for us is much lower. Have you ever challenged yourself now to stretch your faith and get bigger than what it really is? That's what we're looking at here. Abraham truly stretched his faith. He truly went beyond what we recognize. That's what we have to understand here. If your faith is small, guess what? God will answer that answer that, because that's what you're giving him, and that's the expectation you have. But you won't get much extra. So you have to truly now look at what it says here. Let's even go further. Verse 20 and verse 21. Back to Hebrews 11 because I want you to look at this. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Now these are all promised blessings. These are all talks of the future. And yet, there was faith being used. Abraham had used it. Isaac had used it. And Jacob had used it. Esau, we know what Esau did ultimately, but we won't dwell on that. 
So Isaac, the son that was promised to Abraham and Sarah in their old age, and remember, uh, Abraham was about 100 years old, and Sarah, I believe, was 90. Uh, I think that's the, the number that jumps out at me, when they had Isaac. And it was through Isaac that God fulfilled his promise to eventually give Abraham countless descendants. And so Isaac had the two sons, Jacob and Esau, and of course Jacob was the one that would continue to fulfill the promise through Abraham. And then you go further, Jacob was Isaac's son and Abraham's grandson. Jacob's sons became the fathers of Israel's 12 tribes. you, You see, it's all being set up here. Um, Even when Jacob, who was recalled, by the way, Israel, that was his other name, uh, was dying in a strange land, he believed the promise that Abraham's descendants would be like the sand on the seashore. You ever try to count grains of sand? (laughs) Um, You can't, really. You can pick up some sand and hold it in your hand, and and maybe you can count a few grains there and then drop the sand, and that's it, but... You count all day, and you're not going to go very far. That's exactly right. But Israel was going to become a great nation. That was the whole point in Genesis 48, uh, verses 1 through 22. We won't read that, but but that goes further along in in Genesis. Here's what we need to take away from this. True faith helps us see beyond the grave. True faith helps us see beyond our graves... True faith helps us see beyond when Jesus died on the cross, his tomb. True faith takes us to a place where we are now serving a risen Lord. That's where we are. That's exactly what's going on. That's exactly what we need to see. And all these people that we're referring to in this faith chapter, I'll call it, in Hebrews chapter 11, they saw the bigger picture. They saw the bigger reality, and they suffered in some accounts. They, some of them died by all the accounts we mentioned being sought in half. It's rumored um, that Isaiah was one of the ones who was hiding uh, from persecution and was sought in half in a tree. And, and that's something that we don't like to talk about, but we have to recognize that that's exactly what persecution really is. Persecution may mean uh, you're being sacrificed, you're being... Uh, You're being killed because you believe in something. Your faith had better be that strong and better stay that strong because ultimately you have a choice to make. Stand in the word of God. Stand by the word of God. Stand in the place where God has said he will never leave you nor forsake you. And even in death, that is true. And we have to recognize that that is the aspect of our faith that we need to continue to keep growing in keep uh, progressing in here's a fact I'm going to give it to you and it's a fact because God's word says it many people who have professed to be Christians today will deny the faith don't you be one of those people stand firm in the word and why would they deny the faith because they're, they're fearful of dying because they're fearful of persecution they're fearful of losing something it may be something very small um, but it may be something like a worldly possessions. Whatever it is, you've got to understand something. You're being challenged to stretch your faith more and more each day, especially in these times. These times, we're going through a season. I'm just going to put it as it is. This is a season of time. 
how many years it's going to last, we don't really know for sure, but it's a season. It's a season of our lives, and you're being challenged now in this moment. God is looking directly to you and saying, do you believe me? Do you trust me? Will you follow me? Will you stay with me no matter what? That's where we are today, everybody. That's exactly what's going on. I pray that you take the opportunity to recognize what God is doing in your life today and truly take this moment to be prayerful and thankful for what you do have. What you do have. And continue to pray for God's covering, his protection as you move forward. Amen. Just stay with it. Stay the course. Remain faithful. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your teaching, for your loving kindness, for reminding us the importance of just staying true. We thank you for the example of those like Abraham and Isaac and and those who came before us, showing us how we can truly live for you, even though they didn't receive the promise. And Lord, we don't know when you're coming back or when you're returning. We know that we still recognize that when we leave here, we have a place prepared for us. That's, that is us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your presence again this morning. We thank you for the Spirit speaking. Bless us and keep us, O Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everybody. Stay tuned online on after uh, Sunday school for the sermon, for the message uh, online. Uh, Season greetings with emphasis on Jesus will be following Uh, right after Sunday school, after we sign off here. Have a wonderful week, everybody. That's a great way to uh, start off. Sundays are always a great way to start the week, amen? It kicks off the week with a bang, (laughs) Uh, and that's a good thing. So let's keep doing that. You guys take care of yourselves, and for those of you who are in Akron, I'll see you down at church a little bit later on. You guys take care of yourselves, and we will see you next time. God bless you all.